hits your death sentence for this week. Uh, I'm Gareth. Uh, Langdon is normally here. Um, he, well, hit his spec script for Gun Dracula got picked up by Hulu. Uh, and now Mr. Hollywood thinks he's too good to be on a podcast for me. So he's out of the podcast. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, got, we got a new friend. Uh, Ash Gray from the band Venom Prison. Say hello. Hello, how's it going? How's it going? It's going uh, rainy and perpetual twilight um, in, in the, in the north right. of England. Yeah, yeah sounds about so, right. It's no better here. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you're down in down in South Wales, right? Newport? Or? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. All right. I'm genetically Welsh, so I can I can relate. That's always uh, a good thing, though, isn't it? That's always a good thing. Well, it's not like you know, like Irish people in, in Boston who are like one eighteenth Irish and they uh, destroy the city every St Patrick's Day. There's like no like Welsh diaspora to like. Um, not really. I think identity. it's just rugby for us, isn't it? Yeah, it's rugby. It's uh, just if the rugby's on, it's fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, I did for the rest of the year. It's like, oh, it's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> It is exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, FYI, um, I was named after Gareth Edwards, who is my like third uncle. And that's quite for... interesting. Oh yeah, that's that's why I like Welsh flex. I can I can always flex on Welsh other Welsh people. I'd say like it's, you know, it's good to have those too. things. It is. It is good to have those things, definitely. When you're just like, "Yeah, I'm Welsh," and it's like, "How Welsh are we talking?" And then you can just drop a little fact like that, and it's like, "Ooh, he is serious." Yeah. When I was a kid, um, because my second name was Watkins, I used to say that Ian Watkins from Lost Profits was my cousin. Um, oh God. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of had to put a put a kibosh on that one. Um, yeah, that one that gets like really, swept uh, under the carpet. <laughs> yeah, doesn't really, uh, doesn't really work to impress people as much anymore. Um, yeah. Oh God, I don't even know where to start with that one. I think, <laughs> I think maybe we'll just leave that one. Oh, oh no, we 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 we're gonna do nonces. We're gonna talk about nonces because they've been in uh, in the press lately. Um, <laughs> we we we're gonna we're gonna. Do, do the full death sentence nonce watch um, <laughs> uh, because our well not technically our monarch but uh, one of the um, monarchy Prince Andrew has um, did a very ill-advised interview I don't know if you have you seen any bits of that because it's been no um, this is new this is new to me as well this is new oh to me. okay uh, uh, that, well that's good because it means I get to explain it to the, the listeners as well so our Prince Andrew um, was good friends with friend of the show um, Jeffrey Epstein, who you'll know as the like paedophile king of the world's billionaire class. Um, he's linked to like Bill Gates and Bill um, and uh, many presidents have been on his private island, which he filled up with underage girls for them to you know and. Um, Prince Andrew was accused of being one of these like global elites that's gone flew on his private plane, the Lolita Express, to his private island in the um, Caribbean in order to molest girls. And one girl, uh, Virginia uh, Guffrey, has like come forward and been like very vocal about this and like really shone a very strong light on him. 
So Prince Andrew went on TV on, I believe it's the BBC, and did I'm reading inter- it just now. I'm actually reading yeah. it as you tell me. He's uh, he did an interview, and he did not acquit himself well. Is the really um, very very generous reading of this? He basically, if he didn't think he was a pedo before, you do now, because he lie he was so clearly lying about everything and um yeah it's it's really obvious that he is a, a rapist pedophile now so I'm, re- um, I'm just reading like there's like a transcript of it on uh on the bbc site that i'm just reading now well the, be- and, the best uh, thing is to um to watch the video because that gives you the transcript will probably let you know he's probably lying about this but the video will make it a hundred percent clear he he basically is like a really bad actor playing a really bad liar. And he about right, doesn't it? Yeah. And um he's very clearly guilty and very clearly doesn't quite understand uh how people outside his weird little corner of the world think, or that people would have problems with him staying in the house of a convicted sex offender many years after he was actually convicted of being a sex offender. So, yeah, we, we've we've got that going for us right now as British people. It's all fucked, really, isn't it? It's all... <laughs> like, bit, I, think yeah. the, I think the only word to really use is fucked, isn't it? Like, you just kind of, like, gets to the point where you wake up every day and you see something on your news, on, like, you know, your app when it drops, like, like all, you know, notifications and all that, and it's just, like, you're scrolling through them when you wake up and you're having your coffee before work or whatever. And you just like, just don't know what to say anymore. Like it's just yeah. like something new every day, and it's like, well, this is bollocks, isn't it? Like this is <laughs> shit. Like what the fuck am I supposed to say about this? And it's just like, just fucking give up. I just like, I'm yeah, just. I think I think that's like the. Fucked. That's like the the British mindset right now. It used to be purely the Welsh mindset, but now it's extended to all the three other kingdoms. Um, I read a thing today about how, like, the majority of British people don't understand what either party wants in the general election and just kind of want it all over with. And they hate both parties and they want everything to just be over. Um, so yeah, good on them, pretty much. Yeah, pretty I mean, much. I mean, like, it is getting to the point now where it's like even the people who, you know, are doing their research, even like they're coming down loopholes now where they're just like, what is going on? Like, how does any of this make sense at all? Like, what what is happening? And it's like, it's the same thing all over again, really, isn't it? It's like this mm-hmm. time they've thrown more information at you, but they've just thrown <clears throat> almost all this irrelevant information at you. And you're like, well... I know first time round you didn't really say anything to us. This time round you have said something, and now we're even more confused because there's just it's all not like it's all nonsense. Like what what is even happening? You know? I know, right? Like the whole Brexit thing. Like you imagine like right wing reactionaries wanting to like stir up anger against immigrants or something and make it very like uh, visceral and raw and emotional. But instead, they threw, they threw us into this weird bureaucratic procedure where we have to revoke Article 50 on the Irish backstop before the Schengen Agreement. And 
I don't know anyone who actually understands any of this stuff, and everyone exactly, just yeah. wants it either gone or done with. Except being done with means it may destroy our entire economy or not. Who knows? Well, it's like little things where you know, you, you like with the whole Brexit thing, you had you know that leave or remain campaign going on, and like especially like speaking from you know my perspective of living in Wales, and it's like you know it was just like areas in like you know I, I would say the valleys, but for people who don't know what the valleys is, like you know going further up like Ronda you know, Merthyr Tidville way and all that. And it was like majority had voted like leave. And it's like, you do realize that all of our funding for Wales comes from the EU. Mm, yeah. And it's, it's just like, you realize that what you're voting for is completely ridiculous because you're voting because you think you're going to get more money, but then, you know, in your economy, but then at the end of the day, all the money in this economy in Wales is from the EU. So you you're basically going, I'm going to vote leave because everyone says it's going to work. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually you do realize that that does not apply to Wales like at mm. all. Like yeah. we need, we need that, you know? Yeah. Cornwall but, is kept afloat, afloat by EU grants and just, the EU just driving up with trucks full of money. But uh, yeah, they, I think they voted leave as well. And they're just like cutting their own throats. But um yeah, and because no, you, you can't, you need to, like an economics degree to really get a grasp on any of this. And yeah. everyone has, has been put into the position of having to decide on it for themselves. So just, they've got, just gone off, the, the information they've got to go on here is, is nothing. They're just like guessing what might work. And I think as well, like you have like a lot of people which, you know, I think to start with, maybe people were just like, whatever you voted would show which way you leaned politically. But I think it's got to the point where if you if you really think about it, it's like, I think a lot of people are just like, well, I just don't really have a fucking clue what any of this is about. Mm. So, yeah. you know, you have a lot of people who are just like, <clears throat> you know, did you vote leave? Did you do this? And it's just like, yeah, I did that. And then they're like, oh, my God, you voted leave. Like you you horrible persons like okay some of them probably are for those malicious reasons but i'm definitely going to say that at least 50 percent of those people that said leave were probably just like i don't have a fucking clue it's a 50 50 chance it's a flip of a coin it might work out for me it might not and like i just like have this scenario in my head of like when people were voting they were just flipping a coin heads or tails going don't really know what to do. So if I just flip a coin, it might give me the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think things are pretty shit now. They may be or may not be in the future. Who knows? Then we just have to flip that coin and find out. I think that's the, that's the real answer, isn't it? No one knows. I think, you know, it's all well and good just being like, this will do this or that will do that. But I think the bottom line is nobody has a clue. Like, really... Nobody really knows what the hell's going on. <laughs> I think it scares a lot of people as well. I think it scares a lot of people um, for, you know, for some for the wrong reasons, some for the right reasons. Um, but yeah, I just like, it's even when we were in America recently, it was just like, I was like speaking to someone out there and they were like, they're like, ah, oh, you've got the same problems as us. You've, we've got Trump, but you've got Brexit. And it's just like, yeah, but at least you can see 
Trump point blank and say, yeah, that guy is fucking mad. We're, <laughs> you know, we don't have a clue what that word even means. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, like, it's a weird scenario to be in. It is, yeah. Just the most important issue of our time, and we're not quite sure what it is. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's fucking Kafka shit. It's, um, but yeah, I, I was going to ask about that. Like, you guys went out to America. I think this was one of your second uh, it was times. Second one, yeah, second yeah. time. So yeah, what's it? What's it like being out there now? Because I haven't. I've used to live in America a while ago. I haven't for a long time. But what what's it like um, out there in the age of Trump? Um, as far as like as far as like band wise, it was really really good for the band. Like you know, shows were great. Um, you know, it, it's kind of where we need to be right now. Um, you know, keep going back and stuff. We managed to do like cool things like Audio Tree and stuff, and I think that kind of helped the band as a whole. But as a day-to-day thing, there was a lots of things I was noting it, like you know, noticing from state to state that I was just like, wow, like you know, these like things that we talk about here is like they do really exist over there. <laughs> it was like driving. I think it was Detroit. Like we were driving past like a KFC, and it was just like full of like bullet holes and stuff. <laughs> and then like. You know, it was like we got to the venue and the security guard was like, you're not allowed out the venue unless we escort you to your van and stuff. We have a lot of problems here. And then like, some cop said to like um, one of the guys that was driving was just like, hey, um, if you get to a red light, you think it's safe at night. Don't hesitate to go through. It's like the highest crime, you know, <laughs> at red lights. And I'm just like, holy fuck, like it is real. And then I can't remember where it was. I think it was like Kansas City or something. And it was like I was speaking to some guy after the show, and I was like, I was just kind of like, I can't really get my head around all of this. Like, you know, what what's, what is going on? And he was just like, everyone, it doesn't matter like what way you're leaning or, you know, what you do or who you are. He was just like, everyone's just scared. Like, everyone is scared. And I think the results you see of like, you know, cop shootings and, you know, all these things that are happening and whatnot. It's just like, people are just scared left, right and center. Like, I think, hasn't it been like two school shootings this month? Uh, I don't know. I I think there's been two school shootings this month (coughs) in America. Um, I can't say where exactly. Hmm. It's weird that like, I don't know if there's been school shootings. I'm sure there has been, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Remember, like... I'm sure there's been. There's definitely been one, um, but I'm sure I've seen there was another one earlier this month. Yeah, I'm. I'm old but... enough to remember Columbine, and that was like a top news story for about a week, even in the UK afterwards. Yeah. But now we're at the point where, like, has a school a shooting occurred? Maybe, maybe not. I guess so. Probably statistically, it probably has. And it's just like kind of like speaking to someone about, you know, I was like, I know it's like the thing to talk about, but it was like talking about guns and stuff. And I was like, do you like guns? Like, you know, like I know that's a very strange question to ask, but it was like, do you, do you like the idea of guns? And the person replied, no, I don't, but I've got guns. And I was yeah. just like, I was like, do you want to, you know, do you want to explain that like i'm really intrigued and he was just like well 
The problem is, is he was like, I hate guns. I own guns. People are shooting people. I've got to shoot back if they're shooting at me. And I'm like, I was like, is that really a way to fucking live? Like, you know, mm. I was like, I don't want to walk. You know, imagine like for us, like going to the spa or something to go and get some, <laughs> you know, fucking bag of Doritos or something and be like, yeah, I better get my nine millimeter right when I go to the spa. And it, it's just surreal. Like, I can't believe like they have to deal with that day to day, you know? Mm. Yeah, the worst thing that happens around here is kids with fireworks. Mm. And in America, those kids would have literal, like, military level guns to kill people mm. with. I, I was saying this to someone, like, not long ago, that the, the most insane thing to me was the fact that when I went to Walmart, you can buy um, a pump action shotgun cheaper, or I think it was a rifle or a shotgun, one or the other, cheaper than a PS4 in walmart so you can get a fucking ps4 bundle with two games and two fucking controllers for more well that's a great deal anyway but you can buy a gun for less so if you want to do the real thing you can get it for less and i'm like what the fuck i was like how the fuck did anyone think this was a good idea like you know there's one problem there yeah you know, kids are not asking for a PS4 now because their parents are going, oh, a rifle's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, surely someone must have said that out loud and gone, yeah, fair point. That does make <laughs> sense, actually. Maybe we should just make PS4s cheaper and rifles more expensive. Well, it, it's like, the PS4s that cause the gun crime anyway. So, you know, you've got to keep them uh, price up on them. Oh, they're always going to... It's always going to fall back to games, isn't it? Mm. It's oh, always... Yeah. It, it's, I've been playing games since I was a kid and I haven't shot anyone yet. You know, I mean... Same. Especially when you, when you play chill games like Death Stranding. Uh, current oh, Obsession. God, that, that's, like, that's so ready for me to sit down and play on. Yeah, like, you, you'll, you'll lose like a, a month solid. Actually, I'm, you do I'm kind of shoot with people in that. But uh, it's mostly like just chill vibes walking from place to place. It's so, it's so chill. Someone explained it to me as like an atmospheric DHL. Yeah. They were like, and I was like, I've always wondered what it's like to work for DHL. So I probably will get Death Stranding. Yeah. I've been, see, games for me, like I play so many games and like, I remember just seeing like an article where it was like, I don't know, it was some like clickbait shit where it was like, you know, young gamers are more likely to kill people. And I was just thinking, I don't know about that, you know. I haven't. I've been playing young since... people are more likely to kill people. There's, there's yeah. like correlations, not causation. But I think it's insane, like how like it's getting to the point where it's like you want to point fingers at everything, rather than the fact that it's like no, I think it's the fact because you just sell them. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I think that's the. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's like UK with knives, isn't it? It's kind of like you get all these stabbings and stuff, and you know you have. I think, what is it, like a six-inch blade can't lock or something like that? Or mm. I think it's something like that here with the law. But it's like, how easy is it to buy an, like, you know, over a six-inch blade knife? Like, it's not that easy, really, when you think about yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, people have to realise with guns that people, uh, guns are a tool, like knives, that people use to solve problems. Except the problems mm-hmm. with guns is like usually cra- like either I'm in a gang and there is another gang I want to k- 
kill them so I have more money. Or they're, I think they're crazy problems. I think like... as well with that is the fact that it also gets forgotten as well that with even like we're talking about them selling guns and stuff that it's all well and good, you know, people shooting people, but then, you know, it's funny how they kind of like brush the suicide numbers of, you know, the use of guns. And it's like, hang on a minute. Like there's a major problem here. You know, you're having someone who's, you know, a little bit unstable, not going through a very good patch, very rough patch in their life. And it's like, yeah, I've got the gun in the cabinet. I'll just go and get that. And it's Mm, like, fuck. People uh, really underestimate how much convenience uh, causes suicide. I remember hearing about when, um, you know, the old cliche of sticking your head in an oven. Well, you can't do that mm. anymore because they've changed the changed the gas, so the gas doesn't do anything now. So you'd think that when they stopped using a poisonous gas in ovens, the suicide rate wouldn't change because people, instead of using the oven, they would uh, cut their wrists or jump off a building or something. But it didn't. Yeah. It actually like knocked suicide. Um, things down quite considerably because people didn't because it wasn't convenient anymore you know it's not a nice yeah. painless way to go so yeah, um exactly yeah and the same has happened in things like uh, bridges that used to have railings on them um again you'd think people just go to another bridge or building but they don't they just don't do it if they can't find a, like a close bridge that doesn't have a railing by it uh, yeah, so and, yeah, and putting yeah. all those guns everywhere in in a society like America, which is already like intensely fucked and stress inducing, and unfair and unequal, um, yeah, just leaving gun, a ton of guns lying around is a yeah, recipe for disaster. Yeah, and they there's, there's they so this, many. But... There's so many. Yeah, that's exactly. They know this as well. That that's the mm. funny thing. It's like even people who do have them, they understand that as well, and it's like. You know, there's so many different scenarios to take into consideration, whether it's someone who's like, you know, completely crashed and in poverty and desperate and like, you know, got to rob, you know, I've got to rob a shop. Like, I have nothing like, you know, and it's like, it's almost like it's forcing those people to just go and do that, if you know what I mean. So it's kind of like they're struggling every day. They're getting no help. They're getting no support. They're not getting this. And they know that that option is to go and, you know, you know, hold a, a shop at gunpoint or something. And it, a part of me is almost like you can't blame the person that does it because it's almost like you forced that into their hands to be like, mm. this is my only option. You, yeah, you've given them a tool that they can use to solve a problem. And yeah, you know, don't get pissed off when they use that tool that you, that's been given to them so cheaply and and just so easily for so many people just to to solve their problems. Um, yeah, gonna, it's worrying. It's, it's very worrying, about, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Especially since you, you're clearly going to go back to the US. I don't want to see you guys. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. <laughs> now you've said that, I'm just like, oh, Christ, we got to go back there soon, probably. Yeah. But what you got to do is um, tour with the body. Um, meet up with them. They have, <laughs> they have tons of guns. They all look after you. And they're, they're big lads too, you know. Just just do a do a duet with them, and they'll look after you. They'll be your they'll be your guards. That's what we could definitely do. Just like, look, we need some heavy ammunition. Yeah, come on tour with us. Exactly. And we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that that's that's apart from apart from I do have to say though, like apart from you know the gun stuff and all that, like. 
in terms of like shows and like you know the way the scene is over there and stuff like it is incredible like it is very good um i like you know what they're doing over there with bad stuff food is i mean like b- bad food in america in in kind of all of north america this counts of canada too like bad food is really good over here bad food it's, is terrible like kebabs it's very and... difficult though over there like i think for me it was like so difficult to get used to like some of the things that were different like you know the way in the the cola and stuff like we use sugar they use corn syrup oh yeah and and like a lot of those things took me a long time to get used to like i was like speaking to i think it was the i think it was dalton the bassist from homewrecker and he was saying that the differences over here obviously with our like food regulations and stuff if there's like chemicals or stuff that can't be in our foods they get taken straight off the shelves but over in america it'll just stay there and you know there'll be like a very informal notice of like oh this can cause cancer don't eat this but it'll still be on the shelves and it's like before we walked into a del taco and it was like just like a little notice saying like um you know their foods can cause cancer (laughs) and i'm just thinking to myself i'm like what like (laughs) hang on a minute like i've missed something here so they've happily put that this can cause cancer on their front door as you walk in and we're all still walking in you oh yeah and it's just british British people it's insane that too i mean british people totally totally go for a greg sausage roll if it causes cancer oh yeah i mean you can't it's not just it's not just the stupid fat americans yeah, I mean, we have to give them a little bit of leeway, don't we, on that, where it's like, I think I think it is kind of a bit more controlled over here with that, or just Europe in general, but, you know, growing up and stuff, it would be like newspaper headlines, like milkshake causes cancer, and then the next week, you know, Walker's crisps cause cancer, and I mean, it is kind of the same thing, you know, over there as such, but I don't know, it was just something about it. Yeah, it was just very, it's very unusual to see that how no one kind of like even battered an eyelid at it. It was like, oh, you know, this food can cause cancer. Should we go and get one? Yeah, sure. Like, it's insane. But I mean, I think it's just the way it is, isn't it? It is what it is. Mm. So we're going to talk a bit more about the band in the second half. But um, we're going to go into some music right now. So... I got a um, found this band through Holy Royal Records, who are good folks, and um, it's a little EP by a band named Rend, all uppercase. And we're going to play the first song off that EP called "Cast Into Their Own Night," which is also the title. Um, it, and it's like very much straight up black metal, no shoegaze wibbling. No instrumental bits, no electronic passages, just straight ahead, black metal, but it's like so perfectly done. In the same way that like, uh, say, Wode, just do straight up black metal, no adornments, but it's great. And um, I think Rend have a similar vibe. So we're going to play Cast Into Their Own Night by Rend. As always, a link will be in the description. So if you want to go onto the Bandcamp and buy one. It's only three ninety nine, barely anything. It's like a cup of coffee. So here's Rend. 
Okay, that was Rend doing Cast Into Their Own Night off Holy Royal Records. Um, yeah, so we're here with Ash from Venom Prison. And yeah, so we, we, we've, we've done politics, we've solved politics now. Let's talk about some, some musical stuff. Because for my money, at least, and feel free to disagree, but there's like three really, really great new death metal bands in the world right now. There's Blood Incantation, Two Mold, and can you guess who the third one is? Can you guess? Go on. Who is it? Go on. No, you got to guess. It's you guys. It's Venom oh, wow. Prison. Thank, yeah. Oh, thank God for that. We've been top three. <laughs> thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. I, it kind of sucks if you're just like top four. But uh, yeah, you, you made yeah, at, yeah. Least, at least my, my top three. Because um, I love Blood, uh, Blood Incantation Rule. Uh, I know. I and their new, st- the new one is just incredible. It's coming out next week, uh, 22nd, I believe it is. Yeah, um, I did it, look the other day, funny enough. I did actually look. It is. Yeah, it feels like they've been previewing it for ages. But um, yeah, they've, um, yeah, it is finally going to be fully released next week. And that's going to be like, yeah, that's going to be huge. And it's gonna. Yeah, I think. I, th- I think that. I think that one's gonna take a lot of people by surprise that haven't heard them yet. Yeah. I think that's the kind of the most exciting thing about that band is the fact it's kind of like we know what they sound like. We know they're gonna, you know, push boundaries like on a record and stuff. But it's like the people who haven't listened to them yet, and you're like, oh, I can't wait for you to just <laughs> like, you know, have this dropped on your head and just be like, what is going on? Yeah. Like you think death metal is songs called like Chainsaw Enema. No, this is about aliens, and which is yeah. fucking cool. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm all for the sci-fi stuff. Like, I'm all for it. Good, good, because we're a very highly uh, sci-fi based podcast now. And um, you know, this just on the DL between me and hundreds and thousands of listeners, there will be a sort a, a paranormal spin-off coming up. It's in the pipeline. It's can't say any more, but it, it's going to be really fucking cool. And we're possibly going to name it after a blood incantation song. So keep keep that to yourselves, though. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you guys have kind of in the space of two albums have kind of like cemented yourselves as like kind of death metal royalty at this point. You're like an incredible band, and um. Samsara was one of the most highly anticipated releases of this year. Very probably going to be in a lot of people's album years. Yeah, Blood Incarnations one and Two Molds will be there as well. So yeah, how how does that feel? Like, because I, I don't play um, music, so I'm never going to experience this myself. No, I, I need to live vicariously through you here. So how does it feel for like? It's cool. Like, it's very, it's very, very cool that, you know, people are kind of like really into this record. And, you know, we all appreciate like people, you know, backing it and supporting it. But it's like, we're always so focused on what we do next. We never kind of, you know, sit there and admire what we've done. I've, I've never really sat down and gone, fuck yeah, like this is, this is doing well. I'm always like, right, what's next? What are we doing? Like, you know, keep this, you know, keep the wheels turning. And I think for me, it's only kind of when like I come back, it was only when like, I kind of looked at Animus when I was, you know, when we were like writing Samsara that I was like, oh, 
Animus did quite well. <laughs> and it you was think? only until the point, I, it was only because I was using Animus as like a reference to like kind of help me with, you know, some of the writing processes with Samsara. Because I was like, what did people like from like Animus? And so like I would go through reviews and stuff, and, you know, just kind of like have a look and see what like roots were like people's favorite bits and all that. And then I was like, right, okay. Now I can actually like get stuck into Samsara kind of knowing what I want and what I need to keep from, you know, the last record and stuff. And same with Samsara, I think I won't really realize that until, you know, the next album writing process starts. Cause it's been, we've only been a band four years now, I think. Oh, yeah, four hell. years. 2015 we started. Um, so it's only been a band four years. And I mean, from, you know, from day one, you know, I remember, I remember the day we put the demo up online and it, it hasn't really stopped since that day, um, which is quite, it's really surreal really, because like, and when I say it hasn't stopped, I mean, every day there is something Venom Prison related that, you know, is being sorted behind the scenes or things that are being discussed for like next steps of what we're going to do, you know, where we want to go. Um, so yeah, like in terms of how it feels, it, it, it feels amazing and it is great that people like it, but I'm so focused on, you know, what's next, like, you know, what can, what can we deliver next that people are going to really admire or really enjoy? So yeah, like, I know that's a long answer, no, but I think good. that's a good answer. I think that's kind of, I'm more concerned with like, it's like, right, okay, you've got Samsara. I'm really happy you like it, but now I need to deliver you something that's going to make you even happier, you know, or even more stoked than Samsara did. And I think that's kind of the energy and the way that this band works is the fact that we're always, it's like Damnation Fest we just played. It was like, you know, headline in a set, a headline in one of the stages there that was the exact stage that we played when we were first a band and we opened it. And then we played it, you know, two weekends ago, I think. We headlined that stage and it was like, wow, like it really wasn't that long ago that we opened this stage. Now we're headlining it. What are we going to do? So, you know, we asked Joe Quayle if she would like do some cello piece for us. And, you know, we, we tried to make it very theatrical, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and I think it was just a good, a good nod, you know, to everyone to be like, right, we have you know, been grinding and grafting these four years. We haven't just kind of piggybacked off something, you know, we are actually trying to progress every time we do something, you know, every time we do the next thing, it's never like, yeah, we'll just get that out. It's like, no, it needs to be better. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be visually more pleasing. So I think this band's just always going to try and be that natural progression, like new influences, you know, I don't think there'll ever be a Venom Prison record that sounds like, an, you know, the previous one. Um, I think that's more of a personal thing because it's like, I, I'm just very into the idea of, you know, not doing the same thing twice. So we do try very hard to like, you know, just try and introduce new things and, you know, mainly for ourselves just to see if we can achieve. Oh, so, so in terms of, Come back to the little thing you said earlier. So what kind of stuff did you take from Animus into Samsara? So there was, there was like a few things that like I had to like take into consideration of like, why did you like Animus? Um, and I mean, 
sometimes people will just be like, oh, riff or riff or this or like thing. And it's like, that's not really enough to go, like that's not enough to go off. And then whilst like kind of, you know, listening to like other bands and stuff, um, mainly like older bands, like not more, I've noticed that more, you know, recent bands or newer bands aren't doing it as much as older bands, but you listen to, I don't know, some old death metal band or some old metal band. And it's just like, they have like a really cool opening riff and it goes on for four minutes and you're like, yeah, it was cool for a minute. And then you just kind of there nodding going, yeah, it's still cool, but it's still going. <laughs> and then I realized that it was, it was just the energy. Like Samsara was just the energy. It, uh, sorry, Animus. Animus was just the energy. It was the fact that it was like riff, 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 energy, you know, next riff, you know, keep, keep bombarding people. Like it's almost just like in the firing line of just like, it's like bang right you've had that one that's 10 seconds you like that bit right next bit cool enjoy that bit yeah and i think it's, it's kind of something energy. you're taking from like uh more grindcore and hardcore kind of i'm sounds. very like oh well we all came from hardcore bands before venom mm. prison um and i think that has a lot to do with it which most people know but some don't um yeah you and brutality will prevail right yeah that's correct um cool. All of all of us were in um, different like bands before this, um, and same with like I was very like growing up and stuff. I was very into metal, and I got into a lot of power violence and grind and stuff. Um, who so who, you, me, who are you? Uh, who are your guys in power violence and grind? Like who are your like I've, top three? I totally love, putting me on the spot here. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to think on top. So in, I've got to say insect warfare. Like I have to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I loved Hatred Surge. Um, and then if I'm going to go for an old, more recent but older, I'll probably see Mammoth Grinder as well, always kind of yeah, did a good cool. job. Um, like, you know, it could go on forever, Pig Destroyer. Like, I even go mm-hmm. as far as, like, The Locust, you know? Um, yeah, they're coming back, right? They've got a new one pretty soon. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it, like, on my feed. I didn't stop to read it, but I, I've be quite interested to hear that to be honest yeah they've, um, they've always been really out there and interesting and i think they've gone through like crazy lineup changes so it's barely the same band i remember like like discovering them from like a hellfest 2000 dvd when i was a kid and i was like you know just flicking through the menu thing and it was like that's all these people dressed as locals and then i watched it and i was like fuck i love this this is crazy <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think age, maturity, and like you know, just experience of doing things is kind of how Venom Prison got to what it is because it was like almost like a fusion of all these different things building up in everyone's head, being like, oh, I just need to chuck it into a band, and I think that's where Venom Prison comes into play because it was like, right, we need something to just chuck all these mad ideas at, and that's how this band started, pretty much. Yeah, and yeah, it, and it's going as you've probably noticed, really fucking good for you know, four years in, and you're already gone from openers to headliners. So who knows where you can go next? I don't know Glastonbury maybe you can open we for. Did, a... Oh yeah, I guess we you did, have, um, probably have been Glastonbury. We did Glastonbury this year. Funny enough, that was <laughs> a very weird day. I bet. Yeah, yeah it's always um, weird. Like I. Because I, I grew up around that area, so I always used to go to, I used to sneak into Glastonbury when I was a kid. And I was like a metal guy, and all my friends were 
into the kind of crap indie pop that was around back then, Coldplay and stuff. And seeing like actual metal bands, not not like even new metal bands, but like I think I saw Napalm Death one year. And seeing them at Glastonbury is the weirdest experience. It is weird. It's very like even like us playing, it was like a great experience and definitely something that was like a bucket list because it you know, it's kind of one of those fests that it's like oh, you're not supposed to play that, if you know what I mean. And it's like, well, yeah. we fucking are. <laughs> what was um, it like? What's the, what the crowd like? Well, we played twice. We played on a stage, which may I add that um, Craig Charles watched us. Craig which, Charles? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, literally, Mr. like... himself. Like, literally, it was insane. Like, we were in, like, the backstage bit, and some woman come around and just, like just looked at us and I was just like hello and she was like I think my husband will be interested in you guys and I was just like okay <laughs> and then like literally Craig Charles just walked around the corner and was like alright guys and I was just like fuck <laughs> me I was like fucking Craig Charles um, and whilst we played there's a photo on the internet um, I'll try and find a few because it is hilarious um, and it's just like you can just see us like performing on stage and just like Craig Charles stood side stage. And I'm just like, it, like wow. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about printing it and just like framing it in my room <laughs> or something, just cause it was like one of those moments where I like looked to my right and I was like, that's fucking cool. Like, you know, something about that. And then it was only till like I was speaking to my dad about it. Cause I, I told my dad like after Glastonbury and he was just like, that's pretty mad. And he was like, he was like, well, he is, you know, he is technically knows a lot about that stuff. And I was just like... That's, that, I, I never knew he was into heavy music at all. I, I've, um, he, he plays I think like it this... was something to do... Oh, yeah, on. sorry. Because I know he, he does this, like, um, like, like DJ thing where he does, like, funk and doo-wop and stuff. Yeah. I didn't know he was, he was into any kind of rock stuff at all. Like... Um... I think it, it was weird because, like, it was only till I, like, really did my, like, research after it because, you know, Red Dwarf and all that. Like, I never really... Obviously, the character plays, you know, that person of who's actually into all of that. But then it was only till the moment I realised, like, the finer detail, like, Carcass were on Red Dwarf and, you what? know, like, all... Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like... I, I haven't gone back try... to Red Dwarf for years because I, I always wonder if, like, I spent my youth on just a shitty show that's terrible. And I worry about that, but um, I didn't know Carcass were on Red 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 Dwarf. Like uh, they were referenced, or their music was on there, or what? I'm just reading this on Google now. Um, so there's, I just literally typed in Red Dwarf Carcass, and it's like Craig personally requested Carcass to appear on Red Dwarf show. Um, what? Because they're both from Liverpool, aren't they? Oh yeah. Um, and like I literally like. When I started like putting two and two together, I was just it's pretty fucking cool. Like you know, yeah, it's giving me the nod. Wow. Um, Shit. Yeah, I, it was only till that moment. It was in in all fairness, it's it's my dad that I need to kind of thank for that because he was just like he was like yeah, he knows all about that stuff. And then I was just like what? <laughs> he was like he was like yeah, search Red Dwarf blah 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 and all this. And I was just like carcass he was like yeah my dad was like i didn't know it was carcass but i knew it was a metal band and i was just like that's really fucking interesting yeah but th there you go wow. he did also do that dj set yeah he did he did mm. also do that one you were on about but 
yeah, he was like saying about like napalm death and stuff, and yeah, it's it, that that recontextualizes my entire childhood. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a weird moment, isn't it? Like it is a weird well, yeah, moment. Okay. You kind of like it's like almost like when you first figured out that you know on Ace Ventura, like Jim Carrey loves Cannibal Corpse. Mm, yeah. <laughs> It, and it is just insane when you watch like Pet Detective and he does that bit where he walks into the, the venue and Cannibal Corpse are playing and you just think like, oh, it's just actors playing heavy mm. metal. And then like yeah. 10 years later, you're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I need to revisit that. And you're like, that's Cannibal Corpse. Mm. What the fuck? And then you just search on Google and it's like, Jim Carrey used to go on tour with Cannibal Corpse and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> what? The Yeah. Pretty funny, isn't it? How those mm. worlds collide. Yeah, I mean, yeah, metal has a, a wide and diverse audience, way more than people people think. There's a, yeah, definitely. Like... I I always say it to like you know when I don't know like the the generic like grandparents question of like oh how big do you think this music is and it's just like probably one of the biggest genres in the world. Yeah. Just no one like, quite realizes it, because it, it's very it's very spread out. Is it's the problem with metal? There yeah. it used to be that there was like Metallica, they were the hugest band in the world, and they had their own private jet, and they could fly around the world and and open giant festivals and stuff. But now there's like so many micro niches and scenes, and probably the biggest band is what maybe Ghost. I mean, Metallica is still huge, of course, and you know there's all all those like new metal bands are still kicking around. But um, I, yeah, it, this is quite this is quite interesting actually because like, I had this exact conversation with a friend yesterday. Like I went over his place just to like chill out and hang out, and we were just like listening to music and talking and stuff. <coughs> and he was just like, he was like, what what do you think? Like you know, heavy music now. Like who do you think the biggest band in the world is right now? And I was like. That's so hard to answer because of subgenres. Yeah. Like we've got so many subgenres for everything. So it's like, it's kind of like, there's like, you know, someone will always argue with me on this because, you know, this whole subgenre thing is just completely like, you know, blown it out of proportion. But it'll just be like, someone will go like, oh, you know, maybe it's Parkway Drive. And I'm like, yeah, you could say that. And then someone will turn around and go, but they're metalcore, and it's like, mm. right, okay, now, like, you know, we're still talking metal, and then someone else will say, maybe it's Bring Me Horizon, and I'm like, is it now that, though? And they're mm. like, yeah, they're technically a metal band still, right? And I'm like, see, this is the problem, like, no one has a clue, no, like, mm. no one knows. It's like someone told me the other day, a day to remember the biggest band in the world, and I was like, what? <laughs> And then I looked online and I was like, they're fucking huge. I was like, they're fucking massive. Um, oh, yeah. Metalcore is like this whole, pretty much this whole other genre. It's like got its own fan base. I'm, I'm sure very few Metalcore fans know about you guys, Blood Incantation, Death Heaven, anyone. Um, yeah, it's I mean, surreal. Like, it's very, it's, it's insane. Like, how these subgenres of like, it's the one that always gets me is like, this whole deathcore thing like it's just like there's two sides to it and like everyone wants to argue you know what what it is and i've kind of got to the point where it's like does it really fucking matter like you know 
does it really any of them being called deathcore someone someone called us a real deathcore band like literally like last year or something and i just kind of was like <laughs> i was like can you just can you explain what the fuck that means because well, like, a real deathcore band is just a death metal band that's how well, it works someone was just like yeah a real deathcore band and i was like what, what do you mean it was like because you are playing death metal but you are using hardcore so it's deathcore and i was oh, like oh that's how words like, work yeah yeah i was like i was like so have you just taken two words and just split them in the middle and He's then just kind a new of gone, genre called deathcore yeah yeah, it's, it, I was just like, what? And then I typed in Deathcore in Google and nothing remotely like Venom Prison came up. And I was like, I've missed something here. I've really missed something. And then that was the day that I kind of just went, do you know what? Don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. literally, like, it's metal. Everything mm. is metal. Exactly. Or maybe you could just, like, uh, pr- present yourselves as, like, the, the first ever Deathcore band, the originators okay. of the genre. OG Deathcore. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put that I'm in the bio now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just edit your Wikipedia page to say that you've invented Deathcore. The only one I don't get is this gent. Like, oh, yeah. I, uh, I don't I've had a l- Yeah, like, I don't, I don't get this stuff. Like, you know, I have to be careful what I say in case I offend, like, loads of people who love gents. But, like, you know, it... I, I don't know you've lost me there like i've literally tried so many times even when i was in university i remember like speaking to someone who loved it and i was just like can you just tell me what it is and he was like yeah he was like come into the studio and i'll play some over the speakers and i was just like all right i'll come in and then i was just like show me a bunch of music and i was like they all sound like my sugar mm. and he was just like who's my sugar and i was like what I was like, I was like, well, like, what, what are you on about? Who's my sugar? It's like this all sounds like my sugar. And then like, he's like, but listen to this. And then like, it started getting more into like crazy frog music, where I was just like, you know, it was just everything's gone bah, 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 bah. and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? But, you know, for me, it's just like I listen to my sugar, and it's like I, I, I call them a metal band. You know, I don't call yeah. them a gent band. But then that guy was like, you know, he was like, put my sugar on. I was like, there you go. And he was like, yeah, that's gent. And I was like, ah, I'm not getting anywhere with this conversation. It's just kind of metal, isn't it? Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, right, we'll end that one there then. <laughs> and I've never revisited gent ever since. You're not missing anything. It's, I mean, you. I want to be generous and say there's good in every genre. Is yeah, it, you, yeah, you have to, band, don't you? But, uh, Probably not in gents, though. Um, yeah, like see, see, like if you if you said to me, I don't know, like say it was like a you know name your favorite gent band, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what gent is. Uh, I like my sugar, and then you know someone will be like, yeah, yeah, they they're gent, and then someone else is like, no, they're a metal band, and it's like, guys, I'm lost. Like I'm lost yeah. here. Like I don't know what the fuck any of this is, but. You know, I kind of pushed that whole subgenre thing aside, to be honest, and kind of, you know, just started listening to, you know, whatever I like. And it's just like, yeah, I've got this cool, you know, death metal band, metal band, or, you know, whatever, and just kind of being a bit more loose with it. Because it even got to the point where someone was like, yeah, I'm listening to this, like, atmospheric, shoegaze, black metal fused with jazz. And I'm like, 
fuck me like that's a mouthful is it just <laughs> fucking black metal is it like 2019 black metal is that what you're saying yeah that's that's most uh, black metal bands nowadays and it's just like you know it was like i was explaining to someone like that new alcest record came out mm-hmm. and <laughs> they were like what you know what what do you think this is and i was like well it's the new know, alcest record it's the new alcest records and you know, they were like, is it really black metal though? And I was like, I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. Does it matter? I was like, Olvers were, you know, a classic black metal band and now they're an electronic band. Yeah. They went you from know, being like one of the greatest de- black metal bands in the world to being one of the greatest synth pop albums, uh, musicians in the world. I, I, you know, I love Olver. I think they're great. Like, you know, yeah, I love I've both got of it, them, but like the original I, and I've got it's amazing. I think I do prefer the new one. I think yeah, I do it, prefer the new one. It's weirder. It's yeah. It I just I chances. just like it's it. More, it's more. It's closer to being art. With a capital yeah, a. I think that. I think that's like things people always forget, isn't it? When like they kind of try and penalize bands for doing stuff, and it's just like you realize that you know it's not just for. I don't know. Like, I hate saying like the fans, but it's not. It's not just for the fans. It's you know. It's personal you know benchmarks and achievements as well like i think a lot of people kind of dismiss that very quickly where it's like you know they didn't write that album for you it might have been a progression that they wanted to make and do as Mm. artists and you know the leap that they wanted to take to test themselves and then someone will be like that direction they've done is is really shit and i'm like i'm sure they weren't bothered about pleasing you for that no yeah, I mean, a band doesn't record like a concept album about the death of Julius Caesar because they want to be like opening up stadium. You know, yeah. they do it because they that interests them. That's where their muse has taken them right now. Yeah, it's a very personal thing to them, and I think that's the problem with people very quick to dismiss things. And it's like you, you've got to see it from like an you know an art and a musical standpoint of like you should be able to just appreciate, you know, music being what it is and good for what it is rather than Mm. kind of like, Oh, their last album had more breakdowns in. And it's like, "Uh, does that matter? Like, you know, Mm. we like, should we maybe just enjoy what they've done? So on that tip, um, where's Venom prism head in that uh, prison? I said Venom prism. Where's Venom Venom prison? Yeah. Someone said Venom prison before. Yeah. In fact, even in America, someone thought we were called Venom Pussy, which was amazing. Nice. Like that, yeah, I can All tell you names. that story. I can tell you that story very, very quickly. <laughs> we, it was in America, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and we pulled over at a service station and some guy that worked in Subway was just putting the bins out. And we were just around the back, just got out of the van and just, you know, stretch and stuff. And the guy was like, y'all in a band. And it was like the 18th thousand times someone had said that to us on that call. <laughs> And it was like, yep. And he was like, you know, what are you called? And I said, Venom Prison. And he was like, cool. I'm, he was like, stay there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to YouTube you, like, now. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, right, okay. So I kind of stood there. And um, we're all just, like, stood there patiently waiting for this guy to find us on YouTube. And he's like, I can't find a, a single thing of you guys. And I was just like, right, well, unless, like, YouTube has just decided to erase us from the face of the earth, like, I'm sure you can find something. So I walked over to him and like looked over his shoulder and I was just like, I'm not surprised you can't find anything, mate. We're not called Venom Pussy. 
and he just like looked at me in like relief and was like oh my god I'm so glad he was like I thought you're all just fucking with me to like get rid of me and just told me a false name and all this and I was just like I was like nah mate it's not Venom Pussy it's Venom Prison he was like thank god for that he was like I thought you were all just like taking the mick out of me or something and I was just like nah you're good but um yeah, that was very maybe a like porno grind spin off or something. Yeah, it could be a little side project for us, like 30 second songs, Ben and Pussy. Yeah. You know, side project, and then we'll do like a collaboration, Ben and Pussy with Ven and Prison. Yeah. And Ven and Prism. And uh And Ven and Prison, that freeway split. Yeah. But um, it can be arranged. So... It can be arranged. Well, yeah, because it's all your band. Um so yeah what, what what's happening to you guys next where where are you where are you going what are you doing is it more touring or are you recording or or what uh yeah we got a tour more mm-hmm. we've got a, we just announced download australia sydney melbourne nice uh, i can't say just yet because it's still through the process of sorting it but there are things around that as well which i'm sure without me saying probably all guess we're um, if I'm saying around Australia, it's not very hard to figure out where we might be going as well. Um, and then there's another tour that we're announcing, I believe, this month at some point, which, same again, I'm not allowed to say, but it's not that long to wait, I don't think, so mm-hmm. it won't be too bad, um, which will be over this side, um, which is quite, uh, I'm quite excited about announcing this one because this is, this is definitely the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, is, it, is it a Venom Prism tour? Are you supporting someone? It's a support, yeah. It's a mm-hmm. support. Um, someone big it's, and important. It's the, biggest, it's the biggest one we've done since Trivia. Nice. Craig, Craig um, Charles. Is it, Craig is it Charles Craig? DJ yeah. set. Yeah, yeah that's pretty, we're just going to... Every night, Glastonbury again and again. <laughs> four weeks straight. <laughs> I hope someone takes this and generally thinks it's serious and then I look on Reddit and it's like, can't wait for Venom Prison to go on tour with Craig Charles. Yeah. You could you could do uh do skits from Red Dwarf. Um yeah, hundred percent promising that you're going on tour with Craig Charles to perform both uh death metal and funk, but also skits from Red Dwarf. We can have like different guest features from Craig Charles as well. So like we can have him coming on as like Lister and then coming on as the guy who played in Coronation Street. Oh yeah, the, and uh, just like Cabby, the guy, same, yeah. just the same guy, just different character. That would be incredible for every song. <laughs> um, cool. Every night for four weeks straight. Yeah. Um, a residency but... at Blackpool Pier. <laughs> oh God, we're going. On. <laughs> Is that Pleasure Beach still there? Pepsi Max and all that. I Dang think so. Blackpool. I haven't oh, been out great. that way, but uh, I'm from the north now, but I've got my own limits. So, but other than touring, yeah, like we we do need to do some studio stuff. Same again, like I can't say too much. Um, mainly, mainly because it's like still in the process of being sorted. So, like whatever I might say might not be completely accurate in terms of time period. But. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of busy stuff coming up with touring and organising some other stuff, and whatnot. So I think twenty twenty is going to be just as just as busy as twenty nineteen, if if not busier. Um, 
Awesome. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to like close this year off now and just you know just start working on next year. Nice. Yeah. Have have a rest at some point. You know, no one's gonna think badly of you if you just take a month. You know. That's yeah, it. we do. Oh, to be fair, this this period now from next year is like it's a nice little space. So we've got a bit of time to actually put our heads down, which is quite relaxing. It means I can finally catch up on a lot of games I haven't done. <laughs> Yeah, De- Death Stranded, my um, personal recommendation. It'll I eat up playing... your life, but you'll be so chill during that time. I'm juggling so many things at the moment. It's just unbearable. Like, I'm playing the new Call of Duty. I'm playing the new Star Wars. I've got Code Vein in the PlayStation right now. I've got Death Stranded sat on the thing. I've got Outer Worlds on the PC ready to go. I'm just like... Of course, I heard that's good. I've heard it's incredible. Like, yeah. I've only heard good things about that, so... I need and, uh, to have some sleepless nights to get these games done. Yeah. So, yeah. So, good good luck to you with that. And, yeah, do do enjoy Death Stranded. Um, and, yeah, just, like, well done for making a string of really, really incredible... Um, folks at home, if you haven't heard uh, Animus and Samsara yet, they're just incredible very easily album of the year material for samsara um so do do go out and get them they've even got awesome covers i mean you know virtually all heavy music has had one cover for the year and it's like a very small guy in a hood looking at a very big guy in a hood but uh these don't have that these actually have um paintings that aren't of guys in hoods anymore so and they're, they're really good ones really great paintings like animus there's this there's this guy and people are giving him something in his mouth like i don't know some cake or something it's just like <laughs> you, you love to see it just like friends helping each other eat eat cake it's just very good vibes coming off that record um so yeah and, and on samsara's lady is making some nice eggs for everyone <laughs> protein and <laughs> Everyone needs that's to what that cover's really about. Get it your is. protein. It's about that's getting... an advert. Yeah. A new brand of Scotch eggs that you're sponsoring. <laughs> They're going to be doing the sponsorship of your Craig Charles tour. Um, I hope to see this on Reddit tomorrow. Uh, I fucking hope it's on Reddit. So, yeah, we're going to clearly play out with some a prime, prime slab of Venom Prison right now. Uh, so this is Asura's Realm. Off, uh, so in a kind of middle track of um, Samsara. Um, do you want to say anything about it just before we play it? Just check out the album, please. Like it'd be very appreciated. You know, yeah. it's not. It's, it only came out in March, so it's still very fresh. So it'd be nice to see that spread a bit more. Yeah, it is um, absolutely one of the best albums of the year so far. Um, yeah, so we're going to be back next week. Um, with some more stuff uh, go to the Patreon patreon.com forward slash death sentence uh, for some exclusive stuff where we talk probably more about Death Stranding um, and about we've got a thing about comic books coming up, there's a new X-Men encyclopedia thing that Langdon's been telling me about and it sounds really crazy so we're going to be getting into that um, yeah and Go and give us a good review on iTunes because that helps, and it helps us get like 
even bigger and get bigger guests on. Maybe we'll get Craig Charles one day. That'd be sick. That'd be so That'd cool. Be sick. Langdon wouldn't have any idea who he was or Eddie. Can I definitely. come on as a guest when you get Craig? Oh yeah, yeah. Because Langdon's gonna have no idea because he's American. He doesn't know about Red. So um, see it be even better. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, if if you want to get Craig Charles on this show, for me to nerd out about Red Dwarf with him, then um, then give us a review on iTunes. Now here's uh, Venom Prism with Asura's Realm. Yeah, 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 yeah.